Here we are. It's another Saturday morning. It's time for the Cummins Real Estate Group Show. of the Cummins Real Estate Group show with Michelle Cummins and myself, Curtis Pope. Michelle, it's great to have you back. It seems like it's been a week since we've talked. Thanks, Curtis. I know. <laughs> it has How been a week. How did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> what are the odds? Well, last week you were in Banff. Yes. And you have a good time? A couple weeks ago, actually, now. And you know what? It was amazing. It was a couple weeks ago. My it, math is yeah, off. It was totally amazing. Um, Banff is just beautiful. This whole BC is just gorgeous. Some of the best place to live in in all the world. Well, you're in Alberta when you're oh, in Banff. So it was snowing there. It was snowing in Banff. And then I came back in fall, but I love fall. I love all the seasons. And actually, seasons is what we're going to talk about later because we have a guest, a second-time guest. A returning uh, guest. Yes, a returning guest, Chris from the Grounds Guy of Abbotsford. So we're going to talk to Chris in a little bit uh, about seasons and taking care of your landscaping and all that that involves. Um, but but you, first, you have what, one of our features. Um, so heritage sites. So uh, some people know, but a lot of people don't. We live in an area, especially like Chilliwack area and the valley. I mean, these areas are full of archaeological sites and many, many unknown. So I want to talk about that because a lot of people uh, don't understand uh, the risk involved if you are thinking about building or renovating or developing a property really your realtor really needs to look into that property and check to see if there's been uh, an archaeological site um, notified on that property because it's not on your title. So it's not like you can see it looking at your title or if the seller doesn't know, it's not on the property disclosure statement. If they do know, it should be. Uh, but there are th- from thousands of years ago recovered in the Fraser Valley, and they're actually on display in the Canadian Muse- Museum of History in Ottawa. Um, in fact, there's over 50,000 known archaeological sites in British Columbia alone. That may be as much as 14,000 years old. So that's including including stone carvings, remains of ancient houses, campsites, tools, masks, uh, all sorts of things. Like you'd be surprised at what you can find when you start digging. So be careful. Not only do you call hydro, you know, uh, call before you dig, uh, you really do need to know the property. Um, and if there's been an archaeological site um uh, known on your property before you purchase because I mean too you might be like oh I'm not planning on doing anything and then maybe years later you want to build a shop all of a sudden or you know you just don't know about the future so you should always actually look into that uh, it's not known because it's very private uh, they're very careful in not letting it out because they a lot of people loot these places mm-hmm. and, and you know steal these things so so that's why there is a website that your realtor or you as the owner can actually um, apply to find out if there's an archaeological uh, site on your property or near. Um, so the, it's called the Provincial Archaeological Site Inventory. I can send you the link, uh, the information to find out. But uh, you want to be really prudent uh, to make sure that you know what you're getting into and what you're purchasing uh, on, on a property. So to know the law. So heritage sites are automatically protected uh, in the following circumstances. So Uh, One, if they are burial places that include rock art and places with physical evidence of human use or occupation prior to 1846. 
Uh, Two, even if the site has not yet been identified and recorded, the property owner is responsible to determine whether the property contains an archaeological site. So they really put that onus on you as the owner. Uh, Three, if they are on crown land or when the private property is not noted on title, uh, and then if the property is contained within the boundaries of an already protected archaeological site. So as a realtor of 15 years, I have come upon quite a few properties that have uh, this registered, that it's, it's it's on the site. So you don't see that anywhere. And most sellers have no clue that that it's on their site. Some people have. Uh, some have told me, yes, Michelle, by that tree right there, there's a burial found, like it's protected. So so sometimes um, they know, but a lot of times they don't. And you as the buyer, it's really uh, up to you to make sure you know what you're getting into. So that's a little hot topic because um, a news release came out uh, just late October regarding it. So I wanted to, to mention it here on the radio so everybody knows. It's good information to have because, yeah, you especially in an area like this with such deep Aboriginal roots mm-hmm. and things like that, you really would want to you know get everything checked out. It just makes sense. Exactly. Uh, there's like heritage too. Like Langley has heritage some Mm -hmm. municipalities have to where the home or the property may be registered as a heritage site as well. And that's also something you want to look into as a buyer. Uh, Some municipalities don't have heritage uh, uh, status for their properties, but if they do, and if the property you're buying has it, and you want to renovate or change it or do additions, uh, good luck. And, you know, so just just, uh, beware, right? Mm -hmm. So, All right. Well, let's get to your world-famous Michelle Cummins introduction for our guest. World famous. Well, I would say Chris is world famous. Uh, he, actually, he's going to do a better introduction than me. But the Ground Skies of Abbotsford is obviously local. Uh, but they've been on the show before, actually, in the spring. So mm-hmm. um, some li- listeners may already uh, know about them. But uh, Chris, thank you so much for coming again and uh, going through a lot of uh, things to be aware of this time of year and things to do and prep for. And there's some interesting things and services that you provide that listeners uh, may not know. So thank you. And, and I wanted to, first, because those who haven't listened to the show, the previous show, can you first explain your services, what you do, uh, your business? Okay. Thanks for having me back. I really appreciate being on the show again. Uh, we've been in business now for about uh, just about eight years. Uh, we've got uh, about, I think, over 20 people on staff right now. And um, typically what we're doing every day is we're doing landscape maintenance. So we do everything from commercial properties and large strata properties to uh, estate-type properties where we're going in and we're mowing grass, of course, and we take care of gardens and shrubs and uh, fertilizing, irrigation. We do uh, softscape planting and that sort of thing as well. So um, so we've been growing our business for the past eight years and things have been going well. And you know what? I wanted to congratulate you because you've won some awards and one of the awards that you won last year really intrigued me when you were talking earlier, um, when we were talking earlier, and it's an award based on you actually hire out, you have a few employees. Uh, can you explain that that award? Was it called the In- Invicious Award? No, it's called the Inclusive, Inclusive. Employer Award. Inclusive so, Employer. Invicious so. is good, too. I don't know. Is that a word? <laughs> Did you do it again? I have my own dictionary, you know. Can I have a copy of that dictionary so I know what you're saying sometimes? <laughs> so we're looking for inclusive. Well, and it's interesting because just a, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, 
they did the awards again for this for this year in Abbotsford, uh, looking for uh, employers that that hire people with disabilities, uh, or um, otherwise known as diverse abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, things terminology terminology is changing all the time, but um, so we hire a number of people that have diverse abilities, um, and it's just great. Uh, first of all, that we we received this award, we didn't know we were up for it, and that was back in October of 2018. But um, but. Uh, but just to be able to hire some of these people and give them a, a reason to get up in the morning and to give them a little bit of pocket money and uh, and they do great work for us, uh, a lot of them do it very happily um, and are just a significant part of our team. So, so I don't know. It just came up, you know, when uh, when the awards came up again for this year. I thought, oh, we should mention that. That's uh, that's something that we're proud of, uh, definitely proud of as a as part of this community. And you you know it is, and you should be because it's so meaningful that you you give and it makes a huge difference uh i've I've worked with uh in the past i've volunteered in and it just uh it's amazing opening your eyes through other people's eyes and you don't know until you start working um with others um and sharing what what you can we all have something to offer and this is like it's so interesting. I've never heard of anybody doing this, uh, like in your business too, especially. Yeah. Like how how you how did you like come about doing? Um, it? You know, you. we had some work that uh, um, is very simple, um, and it demanded a regular schedule. Um, and so, just for an hour or two a day, here and there, you know, depending on the property, um, and and it was just difficult to find those positions to to fill those positions. So we ended up talking to the local community services. Uh, we talked to a number of group homes locally, uh, and we just found we we uh, had a good connection with them, and uh, and they were able to offer certain people to us that were looking for work, uh, most of them really looking for part time work, um, and able to grow that. So it's uh, it's been great, and working with the group homes and some of the texts I get from some of our staff uh, that are out there loving their jobs, it just makes my day to be honest. Uh, mm-hmm. Not only is it us helping the community, they're helping us. Um, it's you know it helps our business as well. There's no doubt about that. Um, but it's just a it's just a great relationship overall. So really That's proud wonderful. of that. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we have to take a break here if I'm looking at the clock properly. So uh, if people want to have, find out more information about uh, what you guys do and the services you provide, where do they got to go? Just go to groundsguys.ca Abbotsford and uh, you'll find us on the line. Nice and easy. And Michelle, what's your web address? MichelleCummins.ca. We are back with more right after this. And here we are. We are back with segment number two of the Cummins Real Estate Group show with myself, Curtis Pope, and of course, the star of the show, Michelle Cummins. Uh-huh. Michelle Cummins. Yeah. Star? Star of the show? Uh, you like that? No. You're the star. I'm the star. No, your name is on it, not me. Yeah, your name's on it too. <laughs> All right. Well, we should probably get back to questions rather than fighting over top billing. <laughs> Uh, that was a fist in the air. I know, and it so scared me, so that's why I'm like, you just do your thing. <laughs> Chris, I wanted to ask, you know, tips uh, regarding uh, winterizing. I mean, we're now in early November. Uh, what are some of your tips for fall and winter for landscaping? Well, there's a couple of must-dos. I mean, if you haven't done it already, um, you know, with cold weather coming on, uh, you got to make sure your irrigation is taken care of. So if you're a new homeowner and you don't know how to do that yourself, make sure you call a professional. Um, you want to get your irrigation blown out before it freezes up and causes way more damage. Um, the other must do, I think, you know, anything related to water when we're getting into the cold season. Uh, you know, if you've got a pond or a waterfall or something like that, you want to make sure that that's shut down for sure. 
Um, and then getting into fall cleanups, of course, and and uh, and starting to make sure that all the leaves are tucked away or or uh, picked up and shrubs are pruned and all that sort of thing gets done. It's a great time of year for all of that. See, I just saw an article the other day, and it, and it was some guy saying we shouldn't rake up our leaves because it feeds the lawns or something like that. And I'm like, have you ever seen what leaves look like after mm-hmm. about, you know, three months of winter and snow? Con- they get that gross, slimy. I mean, is there something to that about the nutrients? But it uh, just There's definitely something to the nutrients, that's for sure. It makes great compost. Yeah. Leaves make great compost. Uh, but you got to break them down. If you're going to leave them on the grass, you have got to mulch them up, uh, make them much smaller. Uh, if you leave them on your grass, you're you're going to suffocate your grass. Uh, anytime you've left a pile of leaves somewhere and you go to move the pile afterwards, you'll see your grass is already turning green underneath. Uh, you, you can't leave the leaves. You can't leave the leaves on your grass. You uh, you got to mulch them up. Or I mean, they make great. Uh, they have great nutrient qualities for sure. So there's something uh, to that. But somebody was oversimplifying it when they're saying, don't worry, I got you. Okay. You know, if you can pick them up and put them in a compost pile, it's the best thing for your compost pile. It actually helps break down your compost very quickly, that brown material. Okay. I saw an ad the other day, and it were these, like, sandals or shoes that had spikes. And so it was like... Uh, walk on your lawn, and and this magic will happen. It's gonna aerate your lawn. It's gonna aerate your lawn. lawn. I'm thinking my lawn. You know how long that would take for me to walk every (laughs) square foot of my lawn? Be a good job for your husband, though. (laughs) Would keep him out of trouble for a while. (laughs) That would be Richard. Okay, I know what gift to get. Yeah, but my my question is. Can That's you get a gift, the spikes right? far enough down to really do a proper aerating? I I don't think I would count on that if yeah. I were anybody. <laughs> no. You have to pound no. down too, no. right? People want to sell stuff every yeah. day. Yeah. Somebody's making money so. off of that. Somebody got on Shark Tank with these things. That's and, probably. And here you go. Yeah. <laughs> and they're paying for Facebook uh, Facebook pushes or something. Uh, so pruning, I wanted to talk with you about that too because I've got a couple pear apple or Asian apple trees in a prune tree that she didn't know she had <laughs> Plum tree. True. Yeah. yeah and i'm i'm thinking how do i because i've never had fruit trees before how do i take care of them is now the time to cut them da- trim them down prune them yeah or? typically typically when it comes to a fruit tree we we want to do that kind of work in january uh the, okay. the tree it's called vernalization the tree will actually harden up uh all the nutrients go down into the roots um, and that's a great time to prune your fruit trees and get them ready for for the spring for sure um, yeah, you really want to cut back the shoots and, and uh, um, yeah, that's something definitely for a professional to do, I would say, if you want to have good success with fruit. Um, especially if they're big, tall, and, you know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And some of the ornamental trees, uh, you know, uh, it's a great time of year uh, to prune trees just because you can actually see what I call the bones of the trees. So you can see the skeleton of the tree because now you can see the, the branching in, in the tree. So now, um, you know, now that the leaves are dropped, you can you can see where branches are intertwining or where a branch is growing into the tree instead of out of the tree. Uh, you can thin out your trees um, because you can actually see the structure of the tree. Uh, and if you do it now, um, then in the spring, then your tree is happier. It's got more aeration. It's got more sunlight getting into it um, and uh, and less chance of disease. So makes sense. And shrubs, yeah. like if we get another a freeze snap or frozen snap like we've had in the past winters um, is now the time to trim your shrubs? Really, in the climate that we're in, shrubs can be pruned any time of year, but it's great to do it in the fall. It's just, uh, um, you know, all the growth has stopped, of course, uh, and uh, and it's a good opportunity to to decrease the size of your shrubs. 
Um, you know, sometimes uh, if you're living in a home that's 20 or 30 years old and, and the shrubs just continue to grow, sometimes you just got to hit them back hard, and this is a good time to do that, uh, to get things under control, just because of the climate that we live in. Everything grows so quickly here. Um, and the other thing I think when you consider that is you want to make sure that you're hedging, you're hedging uh, any kind of cedar hedging and that sort of thing is, is if you can get it done before the first snowfall, uh, that'll, that'll keep your hedge in, in the best shape possible. Um, and Chris, I was also thinking about uh, starting to plant because uh, I like garlic and I have friends that really like garlic. And I was thinking of planting some garlic. I heard the fall is a good time to plant. It's now November. Am I too late? Um, no, you know, as long as the ground is soft, you can plant, uh, whether it's bulbs uh, you know, for uh, like a, like a um, garlic or like a tulip or a daffodil or that sort of thing. Um, as long as the ground is soft, uh, you can plant. And, and it's a great time to plant shrubs as well, actually, because uh, when you plant in the fall, uh, the roots, uh, they start to set even before we know they're setting. So, mm. so they're starting to grow out already. Uh, and then coming in the spring, um, they, the roots start to grow before we even see what's happening on top. And so that means that they're already seeking out water and they're already starting to, to look for water, right? Um, and then in the late spring, early summer, we can water less because mm. the plants have already established themselves. So planting in the fall is, you know, it's not, it's not as rewarding for sure mm. because you don't get to see the immediate results. But come spring, uh, you know, there's definitely advantages to planting in the fall. And being yeah. in, the, in the fertile valley we are here in the Fraser Valley too, yeah, I mean, you want to take advantage of that soil that we have. Like you being out in Agassiz there, I mean, I'm sure there, well, there's a, a garlic festival in Chilliwack, right? There's, uh, you know, all the hazelnuts out there. There's, the, there's a lot of, the, the, the soil is pretty good out there. So mm-hmm. I imagine that the garlic probably grows pretty easily. I'm excited. Yes, there you go. Can't wait to see some of the garlic when you, when you, when you come in here as farmer michelle yeah <laughs> well and My if second. you and if you want to plant anything you know uh, especially shrubs or perennials right now you can get great deals at the garden centers because they're all trying to sell everything out right mm-hmm. so so that's another advantage and so if if somebody hires you to actually uh, bring the product and do the planting and do all that you must have your own you know deals that you get that well we we get deals and we'll yeah. try to pass some of them along to the clients but yeah. uh it's still a lot of the a lot of the actual labor is is what Mm. I'm all about well, like so. hiring out uh, people who are smarter than me and know what they're doing. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I would be like, okay, you 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 pick them and bring them, like yeah. <laughs> rather than me yeah, supplying. See, she's them. smart. I like to go on YouTube and see if somebody can tell me how to do it, and then I mess it up because I don't follow all their steps. Just please don't build a house on YouTube. No, I'm I've never I'm not building. I know you told me that story. Yes. I have though fixed uh, some things around my house. Uh, you know, I've, I've pulled a toilet because of a YouTube video. I've fixed my dryer because of a YouTube video, and I took my dishwasher apart because of a YouTube video. That's oh, yeah. amazing. I had three three successes, but there's been some failures too. Yeah. So it's like Google, anything. right? Yeah. Learn how to Doctor do Google. Things. Don't don't. Don't ever look up any symptoms. <laughs> but you can't snowplow on Google or YouTube. And no. I wanted to ask you, Chris. That's a good segue. Literally? <laughs> I didn't know you did snowplowing, and I just found that out today. Yeah, and, and she has a long driveway, so she's a... Yeah. Very long. There you go. So we do a lot of, uh, of snowplowing, well, when the snow happens, but we're always ready for snow, right? So, um, so as a company, we've got, uh, I don't know, I think we've got four or five plows as a company right now. Uh, some of them on trucks and some of them on tractors. Um, and we do a lot of commercial uh, snow plowing and, and strata uh, snow plowing as well. 
Um, you know, snow plowing when 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 snow actually happens, people love us. Uh, you know, but we we're, we're it's a love hate relationship with our clients because nobody likes to pay to melt snow. So, <laughs> and <laughs> and there's a, a high risk of liability. Uh, with people with slip and falls and that sort of things. So. They're loving you when they're able to get out of their driveways. That's and, right. Uh, yeah, it's it's a, it's a necessary, is it an evil? I don't know, but it's necessary, that's for sure. Well, around here, the big thing is, because, you know, if you've lived in other parts of, of the country and you know that, you know, you're going to be in for cold weather from October till June, yeah. you, you know what you're expecting. But here we get that it melts and then it freezes again and we get so much more ice down here and that ice is the dangerous part right yeah and that's why like what i um one of the things that we do as a contractor is make sure that our clients are covered in terms of their liability and i think anybody choosing a a snow clearing contractor just needs to make sure that certain things are in place uh before they choose that contractor and what type of things do you have in place so um so first of all i mean just making sure that uh like we have five million dollars in liability insurance of course um, you know, we use our own staff, so our staff get familiar with the sites rather than subbing subbing out the work uh, to a stranger that's never been on your site. So all of our staff have been with us for years, and they they get to know the sites, where the curbs are, you know, and and the you know where the icy spots are. Uh, we use you know paper documentation. We have an app that we use to make sure that we record when we're on site, and then we also have. Uh, GPS, uh, GPS tracking system in all of our vehicles as well. So that um, if anybody asks when were when were you on site, we can just go online and and see where our trucks were at any given time of the day. So um, and all those things help our clients uh, make sure that they're covered in case of a liability issue or or a lawsuit. So that's um, great service. That's, yeah. that's great. Yeah, uh, I d- I was <laughs> when I was in Banff. I th- I thought my car was uh, in Calgary, but I had rented a car, and I'm all, my car is parked at the Abbotsford uh, parking lot. Like, you know, I had that GPS tracker, uh, and I'm like, where's, my car's in Calgary. Anyways, it was it, w- it was not, so oh. um, I was fine. But yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> where is your phone? Where is your vehicle? That's a great uh, app to have. You said that was an app that you have, too. So GPS we have an app, app that we use. It's an internal app that we have uh, within our company, so it tracks it tracks our, our teams use it for scheduling and they use it to to uh, they can take pictures of sites so once they're done a site let's say if it's snow clearing they're, they're done mm-hmm. a site they can take a picture and say hey you know everything's been cleared um and then it just creates a history for when we were on site it's good for invoicing it's good for again the the major issue with snow really is the liability making sure that you know people are safe and that there's no issues with lawsuits is there any other tips or tricks, things to be aware of that you'd want to uh, let our listeners know for this time of year? Um, for this time of year, um, you know, one thing that uh, that people don't people don't often think about at this time of year is is fertilizing. Um, when when it comes to the end of the the summer season, everybody thinks, well, the grass is you know it's going to become dormant and we don't need to fertilize. But really, it's one of the most important times of the year to fertilize your grass. Um, and if if you have fertilizer sitting around in your garage somewhere or or in a shed somewhere, and you're wondering, is this the right fertilizer for me to use uh, at this time of year? There's different fertilizers fertilizers for each time for each time of the year, whether it's spring, summer, or fall. Um, uh, you want to so it's called the NPK value. So there's three numbers on a bag of fertilizer. There, on every bag bag of fertilizer you'll ever see, it's going to be a zero eighteen eighteen or an eighteen zero two or whatever. And, and that just stands for the nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium in the bag. 
Um, and at this time of year, you want to make sure the last two numbers are high because what's happening then is that fertilizer is feeding the roots of the grass. It's not forcing any growth at this time of year, which you don't want at this time of year. But you do want to establish those good, solid, deep roots uh, for your grass so that in the summer uh, your grass is just healthier and at the same time you just you won't have to irrigate quite as much. Um, so really that's one, one, one tip I think uh, listeners need to, to think about at this time of year time of the year and and get that fertilizer down before it starts before the grass starts to brown up uh, you want to do it while your grass is still green so and maintenance is cheaper than replacing so maintenance maintain maintain everything uh, changes everything will get run down if you don't maintain it so That's the key sure. is maintaining and first impressions are everything in real estate so <laughs> if you're maintaining things it shows that you've been a uh, care that you've really cared about your property uh, as a seller to a buyer and also everyone loves driving by your property and you know drive bys right so capture them with your landscaping is always so important yeah, so that curb important. appeal that's probably what helps sell a house absolutely um, it, it helps people step into the doorway I'm people sure. do read books or I'm sorry, a judge books by the cover, right? Yeah. So like they judge the house by the by the drive by, by the first impression, by seeing you know that curb appeal is very important. Yeah. All right. Well, that's pretty much bringing us to the end of our time here, Michelle. So uh, once again, if people want to find out more about what you do, what do they got to do? Uh, they can just find us online at groundsguys.ca. All right. And Michelle, what's your web address again? MichelleCummins.ca.